Welcome to This is Palestine. I'm Deanna Butu. For decades, Israel has attempted to forcibly evict Palestinians in Jerusalem neighborhoods like Silwan and Sheikh Jarrah in order to make way for government-backed Israeli settlements. In today's episode, we will focus on Silwan, where Israel wants to build an Israeli religious theme park and cable car, yes, you heard it, theme park and cable car, on Palestinian land in the Al-Bustan neighborhood of Silwan. Silwan is a Palestinian town in East Jerusalem, located just south of the Old City and the Al-Aqsa compound. From nearly every road in Silwan, you can see the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Israel's gradual takeover of Silwan is part of a larger initiative to gain control of Jerusalem and the Al-Aqsa compound. Silwan is home to over 65,000 Palestinians who are living in a number of different neighborhoods such as Batn al-Hawa, Al-Bustan, and Wadi Halwi. It was once a recreation area with sites such as Ain Silwan, the Silwan Spring, being a favorite. Today, it is a target of Israeli settler organizations who are pushing for demolitions and pushing to take over Palestinian houses. One such organization working to take over Palestinian houses is Al-Had. Al-Had was founded in 1986 and is dedicated to, quote, strengthening Israel's current and historic connection to Jerusalem, unquote. Al-Had, which is a Hebrew acronym that means to the city of David, uses two strategies to achieve this outcome. The first is by digging. Al-Ad began to dig under Silwan and into the land under the Al-Aqsa Mosque for the biblical city of David and to create the Ir David, city of David, tourist site. In fact, former U.S. ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, once used a sledgehammer to aid in this digging. Even though he faced criticism, he responded by saying, quote, it was the appropriate tool with which to symbolically open a historic underground excavation. But it's not just the U.S. former ambassador to Israel who supported this excavation. It was also the former mayor of Jerusalem who once said that, quote, the excavations are meant to teach the world that the Jews are the owners of the Temple Mount Hadam Sharif and its surroundings in Jerusalem. Now, these excavations have lasted for more than 20 years, and houses in Silwan have even started to crack and sink into the hill. The tunnels that are being done are being dug three to four meters below some of the homes in Silwan, and cracks have opened in many of these houses with at least five families being forced to leave their homes because of the damage that is caused to them. Now, to be clear, these years of digging have uncovered nothing. All that they have done is to show exactly what Nir Barakat said, which is to teach the world that the Jews are the owners of the Temple Mount Haram Sharif and its surroundings in Jerusalem. Now, the other part of Al-Ad's approach is to acquire Palestinian property, most specifically in the Wadi Hilwi and in the Al-Bustan area. These areas are also the sites of Israeli settler takeovers and demolitions. As it stands now, there are more than 2,800 settlers living in Palestinian homes in Jerusalem, with an additional 19 families slated to be ethnically cleansed from their homes in the coming period in Silwan alone. Today, we will speak with two individuals who've been impacted by Israel's ethnic cleansing of Silwan. 
We hear from the governor of Jerusalem, Adnan Raith, and Amal Sumarin, also known as Im Mahmoud, with stories to tell that are sadly not unique to the Silwan neighborhood. We first begin with Adnan Raith. Adnan is a member of Fatah's Revolutionary Council and has been the Palestinian Authority's Jerusalem governor since August 2018. He's one of the leaders of the People's Committee in the Al-Bustan neighborhood of Jerusalem, openly resisting and working in opposition to the city of David, Tourist Park. Today you are here in Silwan. Silwan is safety. Silwan is serenity. It reassures you. Silwan in its name and in itself has become a contradiction, like the sky and earth. In its origin, Silwan is kindness, with kind people. Silwan is the southern protection of Al-Aqsa. It is the closest village in Jerusalem to Al-Aqsa. In order to speak to Adnan, we had to drive to his house since, for close to a decade, Adnan has been subjected to a dizzying number of movement restrictions imposed on him by Israel. Adnan is currently under house arrest, where he's been now for nearly three years, without charge, without trial. Before this, he was unable to go to the West Bank. And years ago, he was barred from entering Jerusalem. So as he puts it, he's been living in this ping pong where at times he is not allowed to enter Jerusalem, at times he's not allowed to leave Jerusalem, and now it is that he can't even leave his own home. We drove with a local car to get to his house because taxis and other cars are not narrow enough to make it through the main road which residents jokingly refer to as the highway. This one single road, sandwiched between homes, is barely wide enough for a car to drive through. One cannot help but think of how people with disabilities, the elderly, people in emergencies, or just about anyone needing to go to the store can navigate through this labyrinth. You came here today to my house, and it's good that you came in the summer. If you came in the winter, you couldn't walk here. Rainwater would flood the stairs. When walking through Silwan, it's apparent that Israel has worked hard to make it unlivable for its 65,000 residents. With poor roads, poor infrastructure, and little to no way for residents to make it up to their homes without walking hundreds of stairs and back down to the main road, Silwan is virtually inaccessible. In addition to this, there is a settlement in the center of it all, and once, of course, a settlement is built or a house is taken over, Israeli settlers move in, accompanied by numerous armed Israeli guards who are there to walk around with the settlers whenever they step out of the settlement. This is yet another tactic of intimidation where Israeli settler presence aims to drive out Palestinian residents. We took this highway, as they call it, to get to the top of the hill on which Adnan lives. And from there, we had to walk over another 100 steps to get to his doorstep. Even though he is under house arrest, his home has been raided several times, and he's been imprisoned over 50 times over the course of the past three years. We talked to the doctors. They came and saw his x-rays. They said we won't do a surgery. They will leave him like this because if they did a surgery, that would have to take out the bone and clean it out. It would be a whole process. In the end, we said we will see what happens. We did more x-rays. After 10 days, we decided we didn't want to do a surgery. At first, he would get dizzy. When he would get up and got high blood pressure, if the doctors later say he needs a surgery, then we would do it. 
my friend in Jerusalem at Hadessa Hospital told us not to, and it would be the last resort. Palestinians in Jerusalem face ongoing discrimination because they are stateless and they're considered to be permanent residents, not citizens, of Jerusalem. In addition, Palestinian houses are routinely marked for demolition. Now, the Israeli government often claims that the pretext is that Palestinians don't have building permits. But the reality is that the Israeli government refuses to provide Palestinians with building permits. In fact, fewer than 7% of those requests that are made are actually granted a building permit, which ends up meaning that Palestinians end up building and adding on to their houses without permits. And yet, while in West Jerusalem, the effect is the same, Demolition orders are not placed into effect in the houses in West Jerusalem, simply against the houses in East Jerusalem. This year alone, we've seen an escalation in the number of demolition orders. And in Silwan alone, 100 Palestinian houses, home to 1,500 Palestinians, are now slated for demolition. Adnan describes what it's like to live in Jerusalem in general, and Silwan in particular, focusing not only on the issue of houses, but the overall lack of safety and security that each and every Palestinian in Jerusalem faces. Firstly, we have been living under occupation for 70 years. Palestine is divided. Gaza on its own and on the West Bank on its own. Jerusalem, who knows what will happen? May God help Jerusalem. May God help its people. What is happening in Jerusalem is outside of one's imagination. What happens to Jerusalemites would not happen in any other country in the world. Any country that claims they are democratic would give Jerusalemites the right to self-defense. The people in Jerusalem are worried enough about themselves. They would worry about their home, their livelihood, their children, and worry about all aspects of daily life. Add to the fact that we have to worry about ourselves. We are subjected to racist laws and ethnic cleansing. We know that ethnic cleansing is happening, especially in Sheikh Jarrah, Silwan, and Al Bustan. There are 360,000 Jerusalemites in total who are all at risk of being expelled. Today we can see that the aim of Israeli laws are to expel and ethnically cleanse all Arabs in Palestine. Now, as I mentioned, Israel uses a number of pretexts to demolish homes and to allow for settler takeovers including a controversial property law called the Absentee Property Law of 1950, which stipulates that Palestinians will lose their claims to their homes in Jerusalem or in present-day Israel if they were not inhabited in the immediate aftermath of the Nakba. Now, one such case of the Israelis attempting to forcibly remove Palestinians is that of Amal Sommarin, Um Mahmoud. Amal was born in 1962 in Silwan. She's the mother of seven children, and she has 21 grandchildren. Her home is in the Wadi Hilwi area of Silwan, just a few meters away from the walls of the old city with the Al-Aqsa Mosque in very clear view. Settlers have put their eyes on Silwan because of its proximity to the Western Wall. Silwan is close to both the Western Wall and Al-Aqsa. Settlers have had their eye on it since day one and continue to attack. They want to take it by any means and my house because it's in the center of Silwan and close to the Western Wall and Al-Aqsa. 
Next to Emma's house is the famed city of David, Ir David, and on the other side of her house is an Israeli settlement. Emel was married in this home. She raised her family here, and she wed all of her children in this home. And she's now raising her grandchildren as well. But Emel has been embroiled in a 30-year legal battle to prove ownership of her home in Silwan. Emel's home, to be clear, is 80 years old built before the state of Israel existed and well before the 1967 occupation began. Yet, the home was originally registered in her husband's relative's name, in the name of her husband's uncle. And when the original owner, Musa Samarin, died in the 1980s, the property was deemed to have an absentee landlord because Musa's four children lived in Jordan, even though Amal and her husband being Musa's nephew, were living in the house at the time. When the Israelis found out about this, the Israeli branch of the Jewish National Fund got hold of the property from the state in 1991 and has been trying to evict her ever since. Now, Amel recalls when part of her home was stolen in 1991, when Israeli settlers, backed by the Israeli army, came to her home in the middle of the night. They came once in 1988. The settlers came from all sides out of nowhere, from all areas we saw them. We tried to scare them off with sticks to drive them away. They came again in 1999, the settlers protected by the army. They came at one in the morning, can you imagine? How can they come at one in the morning while people are sleeping so no one can hear them? They are stealing and doing this in front of our eyes. Thieves that come in the middle of the night to a home that's not theirs. At one in the morning, I told my husband there is noise outside of the door. Go and check and see what's happening. We got up and looked out the balcony. They brought with them a barrier or a checkpoint to put in our land. This land was open. It was ours. There were almond trees, grapes, corn, and lemon trees. I had a few chickens and goats. I looked for my chickens and goats and couldn't find them. They took everything. It is this land where the city of David now sits. Now, Mahmoud was told that she should do was challenge the theft of her land in Israel's courts, and she did. What happened as a result, however, was that when she challenged the theft of her land, settlers, then backed by the state, came after her home. Her next court hearing is scheduled for next month, and while Amal remains optimistic that justice will prevail, She's also well aware that Israel's legal system is tailor-made to support settlement claims rather than Palestinians. She fears the day that settlers, backed by the occupation forces, will come to expel her from her home. In most instances, Palestinians are not given any prior notice before raiding the house, and they and their belongings are thrown out in order to make way for settlers to move in oftentimes in the middle of the night. I'm afraid for what the judge will rule. I didn't put any furniture in my home. If the soldiers come, they throw everything on the street. I saw what they did to our neighbors, the shahadis. They put the mother on a chair and threw her out of her house while her clothes and trash bags. Also, the Ahmad's family. With them, I'm not sure what happened. I'm telling you about my house. Others are selling their homes. I would never leave my home, even if they brought me bags of liras and offered me a new home. I don't want anything from them. I'm alive and happy in my home. Now, in Mahmoud, like many other Palestinians, refuses to leave her home. She's been fighting for decades, and she says that she's going to continue to demand that Israel's held accountable for its decades-long 
action of forced ethnic cleansing. As we leave, Im Mahmoud makes one simple request of me. She says, please don't let me face this alone. Thank you for listening to This is Palestine, a podcast brought to you by the Institute for Middle East Understanding. The IMEU is a nonprofit focused on giving you access to untold stories, facts, and expert sources on all things Palestine. For more information, please visit our website at www.imeu.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the IMEU. Please don't forget to subscribe. I'm Deanna Butu. Thanks for listening. Thank you.